Do you ask yourself, do I care? Why am I here? What's the point of it all? Do I really have any control? Why is our society crumbling into chaos? If you ask these questions, you're in the right place. Welcome to the David Mulatto Show, where truth and facts matter. I had an epiphany today, a moment of clarity, a vision of the mind, as they say. I was thinking, as I look across the internet, I see all these videos of people stealing, breaking into cars, cutting bicycle chains with the electric power handsaws, people standing around watching. I saw one which was quite disturbing. It was a woman was walking down the street and this man, good-sized man, looked homeless. He just grabbed a bag and just started walking away. And this poor woman standing there like, what can I do? Looked around, nobody paid attention, nobody wanted to help. And I see all these things happening all across our community. And I think to myself, well, if I was in a situation and I saw somebody doing that, I would step in. I would step in and put myself at risk and save the day. Well, that's my theory. And I've always wondered, you know, in the situations I've been in where I've had to step in and maybe prevent a confrontation or something, generally I've done so. But now I'm really questioning, would I put myself on the line? Would I risk bodily injury for a stranger? Now, in fair play to this, obviously there's a limit. If somebody's life was in danger, that would be a different question. If somebody was taking a serious beating, that would be a different question. But just let's say on a bag snatch, or somebody sawing the lock off a bicycle, or somebody in a store stealing something and running out, I honestly think that my conclusion for today is that it's changed. I don't think I would do anything. And I think what the epiphany I had was that I realized this is what we voted for. This is what we've created. In my state, we had Prop 47. It was called the Neighborhood and School Safety Act or, some, or something. And buried in this proposition was a change in the law which said if you steal anything under $950, it's going to be a misdemeanor, a ticket. And before, I think it used to be 400 And then before that, it used to be if you stole something, it was just quite simply a crime. Anyway, with a fancy name like that, who wouldn't want safe schools? Who wouldn't want safe neighborhoods? So it passed. I read a statement recently that those who were for this have estimated that 13,000 people a year have not gone to jail, which we must assume they committed the crime because that's the statistic, and they've saved the state over $150 million. $150 million. Well, I ask you, how much has that cost you and me, the consumer? How many stores have closed down because they're continually robbed? How many people have lost possessions through being robbed? How much have the prices gone up in the stores? Because when the stores get stolen, 
from. They make up those losses by raising their prices. I would say that proposition being passed has cost the consumer hundreds of millions of dollars in theft. I mean, it's everywhere. So basically, we the consumer passed a resolution or a proposition in my state which said if you steal anything under $1,000, it's a ticket. And yes, there's some obscure law somewhere that says if a prosecutor wants to charge you, they still can. Well, what does that mean? So then I think to myself, okay, so we have politicians that vote to defund the police. So now, you know, I've been in the store a few times where somebody's carrying out bags and bags of product and not paying for them. And the stores have been told, don't do anything. Let them go. Don't do it. So then you have educators putting in programs, teaching about victimology, blaming not the person that commits a crime, not the person that steals, but the culture, the people that have more, the people that work for what they have. Those are the people that should be punished. Those are the people who oppress people and that forces them to steal. And you look all across the culture, every time something happens where in the past it would be considered a crime, it's not a crime anymore. This mindset has got so bad that you can see people committing absolute atrocities and they're not condemned anymore. The atrocities are not condemned. In fact, the people who were the victims are condemned because in some way they're linked to those that caused such oppression that people had no other choice than to commit atrocities. You see it in crime. I saw a story the other day. Somebody resisting arrest. The story wasn't, well, if you resist arrest, it's going to be an issue. The story was that the person that was committing the arrest was too rough. The way I was brought up, there was a right and wrong and there was a good or bad. You knew the boundaries. It wasn't perfect, but there was some kind of order. Now everything's upside down. Stealing is not the fault of the thief, but those who oppress the thief. Violence is not the fault of those who commit the violence. It's the fault of those who oppress so much that the violent have no other choice but to commit violence. Corruption by politicians. Well, the definition of corruption. If you sit on the right side of the fence, it's not corruption, it's an accounting error. Or, oh, it was a mistake, I didn't realise. But if you're on the wrong side of the fence then that corruption will put you in prison. And that process comes all the way through society. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you are probably the most likely to be punished for your action. But if you're an unlaw-abiding citizen, then your oppression and your status will give you far more leeway. You may think that sounds crazy, but a hate crime. Two people side by side, committing exactly the same crime. One will get a harsher punishment because of the colour of their skin. One will get an additional charge 
because of the colour of the skin. Purely two people committing the identical same crime. And this whole separation, it runs throughout our society. But then I look at the culture and I look at everything that's going on. And I look at the political structures and the same people are voted in office over and over again, even though all around us we can see chaos. Anybody that suggests some kind of right and wrong, some kind of law and order, some kind of mutual code for our society, for our community, is villainized, charged with racist, being a racist, homophobe. So, because I believe in democracy and we live in a democracy, all the politicians who put laws in place that puts our culture where we are right now at this point are put there in free elections. These are the politicians that people choose. These policies are the policies that people choose. So if the policy is that the criminal is a victim, if the policy is that the corrupt are not really corrupt, it only depends who they affiliate with. If the policy is defund the police, so if you're in dire needs in a poor neighbourhood or a crime-infested neighbourhood, good luck. Good luck getting help. If the policy is that somebody can walk into a store with, and walk out with bags full of product and not get arrested or not get even stopped, if this is a culture that we voted for, if this is the culture that we've chosen, who am I to argue? Who am I to complain? That's what democracy is. It's a negotiation of rules. And the rules I prefer to live by, obviously, have been outvoted. So yes, I'll defend my own. Yes, I'll defend my family. But putting myself on the line for somebody else, so putting myself on the line when I see a crime committed, putting myself on the line when I see theft, I don't know, I kind of feel sad to say that. So putting myself on the line and going against this democratic system that we've clearly voted for, I say that would make me anti-democratic. So from where I sit right now at this point, I'm going to obviously protect my own and take care of my own the best I can. But I'm going to accept this is what you want because this is what you voted for. Thanks for listening.